I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft and spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am the head witch here at Moonstone Witchery. Um, I'm actually busting out a couple episodes within one week here, so that's really exciting for me. Um, hoping my schedule has kind of normalized so I'm able to get back into a routine with my lovely podcast. And my goal is to increase my presence on YouTube because I have so many cool witchy videos that I would like to make and share with you all. Now that said, if you have any requests for topics for videos, or even podcast episodes, you can feel free to go ahead and send them my way. Um, you can email me at headwitch at moonstonewitchery.com or find me on my website. There's like a contact form, which is also moonstonewitchery.com. And you know, I'm always over on Instagram, moonstone underscore witchery over there. And I have a really fun Facebook group. So find me there. I'm Moonstone Witchery basically everywhere. Y'all can just figure that out and find me. Um, Since my last episode, I have sold several of my enchanted keys, but I still have several left. So if you are interested in an enchanted key, click on over to my website. And um, those keys are enchanted to open roads and clear blockages. And also, you can go ahead and shut and lock energetic doors behind you with those keys as well if you want to do that. Let's get started with today's topic, though. Today I want to talk about... um, Well, I want to be all like cute and like catchy and like exciting and be like, let's talk about monsters. And to a degree, I do want to talk about monsters, but the monsters I think I want to talk about are more like the internal monsters that we carry around with us. But I also kind of thought I would address the topic of like monsters and scary things in general um, on the front end of this because there's so much fear still around witchcraft and witch work. And I find it very upsetting because witchcraft and witch work, as all of y'all know, is like the least scary thing ever. We are all over here like blessing things, casting love spells on our friends, like self-love spells. We're like doing healing work, we're like sending good energy to things. We're talking to our crystals and being like, hey, can you guys just make life nicer? You know, we're giving gifts to people to try to increase their happiness. And yet uh, the witchy world is still viewed as if it is somehow bad or scary or dangerous or whatever. And this shows you the power of fear because Once upon a time, the monotheistic religious structure of the world decided that 
which work was bad and wrong and that everyone who practices it should be shunned. And to me, that's all I need to know about the fact that it must be good and full of positivity and really helpful and something that we should all be doing because why would there be a campaign against it so hard if it is really that bad? Sounds to me like someone's trying to diminish the power of someone else. So, mm, nope, thanks. So in my opinion... Even though witches are still kind of shunned or made to feel some type of way, it's a lack of education on the part of most people. It's a bias. It's judgment. And in case you haven't noticed, like those things are dying off right now in the world. Like those concepts are coming to an end. The kind, the concepts of like gender, of heteronormativity, of like beauty standards, of like patriotism, of like misogyny, all of those concepts are dying off because those concepts are scarcity based and they are harm based and they are us versus them based and they are there's one way, right way to be based. And none of those things are going to continue to exist for very much longer because there really isn't room for the kind of culture that is gatekeepy and based on keeping people out or making someone other than inclusivity is like the new thing. Like inclusivity is the real truth because if oneness is the real truth and we're all interconnected, then how could we ever not be inclusive? And so even though there's a lot of fear, even though we're all kind of facing some hardships around our witch work, even though there's many of you out there who might even be listening to this podcast in secret or might not tell your friends and families that you are practicing, I want you to know that even if other people don't understand you, I understand you and other witches understand you and your community understands you and we know that what you're doing is okay that it comes from a good place that it's beautiful you see my thoughts on the topic are if there is some type of god right and it's some omniscient creature who knows all well then wouldn't that god understand and know the intentions of the people right and if your intentions are beautiful then you obviously can't get in trouble for that. That's my theory. That's my thought. So on the topic of monsters, um, witches aren't monsters. Even demons aren't monsters. Now, demons get a bad rap. I know I've talked about demons on my podcast before. Um, yeah, are there demons that are like traditional and scary and whatever? Sure. But there's scary energies of all kinds. That doesn't mean that on the whole they're all awful. It means they're mostly autonomous creatures who kind of work through their own like belief structure or their own rules or their own value systems. And there's a more chaotic energy when working with some demons. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's evil or bad or wrong. I'm not encouraging you to go start summoning demons before you're ready to do that work. I'm not saying like, hey, just like call up your local demon and be like, yo, let's hang out. Like, no, I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying like, if we are against biases from the external world towards us, we need to be against biases within our own internal perspectives, um, within our own magical workings, because there's a lot of biases within the witch world as well. 
there's actually a lot of biases within the witch world. There's um, people who are biased against those who hex. There's people who have a bias against witches who don't practice within a certain, I don't know, like rule structure. Like maybe if you're not Wiccan, maybe some people think you're not really a witch. Or maybe if you're eclectic, people are judgy. Or if you do work with demons, people are like afraid. Or if you are not only doing love and light only spell work people have a bias against you then there's a lot of biases you know there's also a thing about like feminine energy and women and witchcraft and i am not into that um no one ever said that only women can be witches no one ever said that only women identifying people count as witches um there's no gender when it comes to witchcraft and just to clear this up because oh my gosh this gets asked so often the difference between like a witch and a warlock is pretty vast. I really want to go ahead and encourage everyone to use the word witch, regardless of whether you identify as male or as gender neutral or as female. The word is witch. We don't have to say male nurse, even though for a long time people said that. We don't have to say female police officer, right? We they are police officers. They are nurses. We are witches. It applies to everybody. Men can be witches. Male identifying people can be witches. Non-binary people can be witches. Everybody can be a witch. The word warlock comes from someone who has broken their word or broken their bond. Um, it actually has a pretty negative meaning. So men out there who are drawn to witchcraft, but don't want to use the word witch, guess what? Your first piece of work to do, your first place of shadow work to focus on is what is your problem accepting the word witch? And any female identifying people or non-binary people out there who have a problem with men or male identifying people using the word witch, your first place of shadow work is to say, like, what's your problem with male identifying people using the word witch? Because, like, what is everybody's problem? The word witch doesn't have a gender. And I know there's so much like moon worship, fertility worship, um, menstruation, aligned witch work. I'm not against any of that at all. I'm just saying that people who identify with male energy are allowed to practice witchcraft. They're welcome here. And they don't need a different word. Different words don't really make any sense. Um, warlock doesn't mean the same thing as witch. It's not interchangeable. So I just wanted to clear that up. Let's talk about monsters. Um, there's no such thing as monsters, really. Monsters really are based in fear. Um, monsters really exist in our mind. Monsters control us by using our fear. Just like nightmares are a way of our fears manifesting in our subconscious so are, is this idea of monsters or of like poltergeists or evil beings or evil demons or whatever. And are there entities that represents negative energy? Of course there are. Are they abundantly out in the world? Not really. Um, the biggest monsters we carry are the ones within ourselves. The biggest monsters we carry are maybe the people who have hurt us in our life. Um, the biggest monsters we carry are our own fears, our own self-doubt. But a monster is really only as scary as you allow it to be. 
If you are afraid in the dark in the night of something in the corner that looks really scary and you turn on your light, you see it's just like your closet or your clothes piled up on your treadmill or something. It's not actually anything more than what your mind has twisted it into. And these are the kinds of monsters that we carry around with us and we use to work against us. And self-doubt When it comes to witchcraft and spirituality, to me, self-doubt is the biggest monster there is because self-doubt will limit you. It will keep you trapped in a box. It will diminish your own light. Um, Anytime that we are feeling like we're called towards something and we start to take action towards it, and then we hold ourselves back due to self-doubt or fear or judgment We're allowing these monsters to run our lives for us. See, self-doubt is like the number one thing that will go ahead and dismantle you in general, quite honestly. Because we all know, we all have an inner knowing somewhere within ourselves. And sometimes it gets really buried and we forget our inner knowing. But we all have an inner knowing somewhere within us as to who we are and like what we're drawn to, and what we're called to. And we can use fear to make ourselves wrong, or to take us out of that peace, or to take us away from that truth. It can be fear of something dumb, like judgment. Like we can be afraid to admit we like certain songs or music, because we, because someone in the seventh grade judged us for it. And we've never again wanted to be like, yeah, Backstreet Boys are cool. But the Backstreet Boys are cool. Okay? So it's like, Why do we allow one kid making one sly comment that they don't even remember to rule our entire lives? And these kinds of things are everywhere in our lives. And I bring it up because when we're doing spell work or even when we're just like walking around life, you know, life in general is spell work, to be really honest with you. When you tell someone have a good day and you mean it, you're casting a beautiful spell upon them. When you tell someone like, I love you and you mean it, you're like casting a love spell from you to them on them. And not like one of the bad love spells that like dismantles their own free will, but you're giving them this spell of love. You're, when you tell someone, I miss you, I'm thinking of you, or you authentically say, I'll keep you in my thoughts and prayers, and then you do. You know, that's the other part that always needs to go with like sending good energy. Are you though? Like if you're going to tell someone sending good energy, please actually take a second, like stop for a beat and send them good energy because it does matter. But when you're doing these things, you're casting spells on these people. You're casting spells on yourself with how you speak to yourself and the way that you treat yourself and the things that you believe about yourself. And this is the power that you have. But guess what? When you start to monitor your own thoughts, especially the thoughts you have about yourself, I think you might find that even if you're the type of witch who doesn't like to do dark magic, uh uh-oh, you might be chock-a-block full of dark magic towards yourself, my love. The way we talk to ourselves is just a whole representation of the energy we're carrying around. And if we're being really dark towards ourselves, we're casting a bunch of dark spells on ourselves on the regular. And this is why self-love is important. This is why dismantling 
our negative self-beliefs is important. And this is why identifying the monsters that we believe in is important. So I think there are several monsters that most of us believe in. I think one of them is this monster called like the way life's supposed to be. And I wish I could have like a better word for it, right? Like I wish that I could have it like surmised in some like nice little catchphrase. I mean, maybe that monster is just called should, right? Like I used to believe in this monster. This monster used to scare me so much that I denied who I was because I should get married and I should buy a house and I should get married to a man. Let me clarify that. And I should go to college and get a degree and I should get like a regular job. Now that one I didn't actually ever listen to because I've been going ahead and knowing that I wasn't going to go ahead and do that because that wasn't going to work for me. I should have a house. I should have children. I should have a husband. I should have a suburban house. I should have a big wedding. I should do these things, right? And this monster called should, he's not like inspirational. He's not like nice. He's not like, you know what you'd like? You'd like to get married to this dude. He's like, you know, you really should marry a man. I know you're over there thinking that you'd rather be with a woman. Nope. You should marry a man. This monster uses fear to tell us what we should be doing. And ironically, he's always bringing up things that are the opposite of what we'd like to be doing. And we let this monster scare us away from ourselves. And we let this monster tell us what to do. And I don't like that. It's an ugly one. There's another monster called self-doubt. And that monster tells us, are you sure? But are you really sure? And it goes, I don't think that you can do that though. Every time we decide we're going to stand up for ourselves or every time we decide maybe it's okay for me to be me in this way or every time we decide we're going to do something a little bit different or wear something a little bit different or speak our truth or show up differently or show up more authentically, that monster called self-doubt, he goes, "Mm, but what's everybody going to think though? Right? Or he's like, Are you sure? Ew, ew. And that question's just like, Well, I was. I was sure before you went ahead and asked me that. Like, there's not really a question that's better at making us really like get messed up within ourselves, except for, Are you sure? Because that's a real one. That's like, Uh, maybe I thought so. <laughs> that monster called self doubt can keep you from doing so many things. It can keep you from painting a beautiful painting. It can keep you from writing a novel. It can keep you from embracing a different life that you know you're supposed to have, but you're just scared to. This brings me to my next monster, and this monster has two heads. This monster is called Success and Failure. The success monster says, are you good enough to like have what you want? And the failure monster says, don't even try because you're going to fail. 
But this monster's kind of fucked up. Excuse my language, working on it. This monster's kind of fucked up because, you like how I said it again right away? Because it, the success head, it like lures you to it, right? It's like, come here, don't you want success? Don't you want to be like really good at this thing? And the should monster's like, yeah, you really should go over there. And then you start to approach the success monster. And then the failure monster sneaks up from the other side and he's like, oh my God, you can't reach the success monster. You're going to fail, right? And then if you manage to fight off the failure monster for a second and go, no, I'm going to like try. I really think I can do it. Then there's this thing where we self-sabotage ourselves sometimes. We start to get closer and closer to our goals or our dreams or our success. And we start to become afraid that we're not good enough for it. That's that self-doubt whispering to us. And then we self-sabotage. We do something that's going to just like mess us up because we're too afraid to try to grab that success. Those two monsters work pretty beautifully hand in hand. There's another monster, one that I'm very familiar with, and it's called perfectionism. And that one's a big one too. That monster is very much like always judgy, right? It's always like, mm, yeah, I guess you did okay, but perhaps you could have done a little bit better. Or it looks at something that you've done and it goes, oh, okay. And then it like subtly tries to fix it for you. And it makes you feel like the thing you just accomplished isn't good enough. Perfectionist monster says, I don't care how far you've come. You're still not there and you're never going to get there, but you have to keep trying anyway because it tells you you can be perfect and then it never lets you feel like you've done it. The perfectionist monster has these standards that are so high and just as you start to reach them, it raises them up another level. You know, when I was learning how to swim, I went to this like very fancy school growing up that I didn't like, but I went there anyway. And we had this like Olympic level swim coach that was working there. And anyway, he hated that he also had to teach like the little kids swimming classes. And when I was like five or six, he was teaching me swimming and he was mean. And um, he would do this thing where he would go, okay, swim to me. And I would always be like, no, because when I get to you, I know what you're going to do. And he would be like, I'm not going to do it this time. And so you'd push off off the wall and you'd start to swim to him. And right before you got to him, he would take a step backwards. And then he'd do it again and again and again. Now he was doing this because what he thought he was doing was showing us that we were better swimmers than we thought we were. We could go farther than we knew we could. He's he's really this like high level coach, so he like kind of tough love, like pushes you to your limits, but we were five and in kindergarten and not actually like trying to learn high level swimming skills. So all I learned was do not trust this man for any reason, <laughs> right? swimming is scary because you feel like you're not safe and then the person who's supposed to catch you moves so you continue to feel like you're not safe and that 
is the embodiment of the perfectionist monster. It's always this moving target. And you always think you have to get there or you're going to drown. And you keep trying and you keep trying and you keep failing and you keep failing. And it's painful because you keep thinking, I should be able to be perfect. I should be able to do this the right way. But I just can't. Why can't I? Because perfect is a moving target. Perfect is, first of all, undefined. Second of all, it's not actually a real thing. Everybody has a different version of perfect. And your own version of perfect might be highly attainable to you. But then you start comparing it to others. And that is the next one. Comparison is a whole monster unto itself. Comparison and self-doubt must be like best friends. They're like they're like two little bestie monster friends. They like hold hands because what they're doing is like they're saying, look at how that person's doing life. They seem happy. Maybe you should do life like them. Maybe then you'll be happy. Have you ever heard that quote that says, comparison is the thief of joy? Yo, that is some real shit. Comparison is the thief of joy. Because here's what's happening when we compare. We are looking at other people's lives and we're like fabricating a bunch of stuff that goes along with it. And then we're like, how come my life's not like that? Right? Meanwhile, we have no idea what their life is actually like. We only know what they're showing us or telling us or what they're doing. And yet we believe really hard the version that we're making up in our head. And then we're saying my life should be like that. First of all, we invented it. But second of all, we we don't even realize it. But second of all, like we invented it. But also like now we're like making ourselves feel bad about the way that our lives are even though we don't even know that it's a fact that the other person's life is that way. Or we look at someone and we're like, wow, she's so pretty. I wish I was pretty like that. Yo, you are pretty. Each of us is pretty in their own way. Each of us is beautiful. Each of us has qualities that somebody else is looking at you and being like, I wish I had X, Y, Z. But when you're comparing to others and you're coming up short, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're undermining yourself. You're taking away your own magnificence. You're harming yourself in that way. When we compare, all we're doing is making ourselves feel smaller and less significant. All we're doing is diminishing our own successes You know, you might have like worked really hard to get into like the living situation you're in and then you see someone post something on social media and it's like a picture of their new house and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I hate my house. But maybe like last year, your house was a celebration for you. Maybe last year you worked really hard to get your credit together so you could even get into that house or that apartment. Maybe like you decorated it so it feels like you. But in this moment, you can't even see what it looks like because you're comparing yourself. I think a lot of us take too much for granted. I think a lot of us take ourselves for granted too much. 
And we don't realize all that we're doing and all the ways we're showing up for ourselves and all the love that we have for ourselves and others. And we're not giving ourselves the credit that we deserve for all the effort we put into the universe and for all the effort we put into our own lives. And these are negative spells that we cast upon ourselves. But what is the antidote to this negative spell? It's gratitude. What if you were to be like grateful for what you had and who you were and who's in your life? That would dismantle comparison immediately. Every one of these monsters has some type of antidote to it. Self-doubt's antidote is self-confidence and trust. And there are lots of ways to work on learning how to have trust in yourself. The antidote to the should monster, I guess like for every monster, maybe there's like an angel or an energy being. I wonder what the opposite of a monster would be. To me, it feels like maybe we could just say angel, but angel's got some type of vibe about it. Maybe we'll make them witches. For every monster, there's like a witch of something. (laughs) And she's like, no. And she shows up with her magic wand and she just like casts them out. And so for the should monster, there's the witch of like self-trust and like, You know what the should monster, the opposite of the should monster is intuition, in my opinion. Yes. I am so feeling this answer right now. I'm like proud of myself right now. The opposite of this should monster is the witch of intuition. And she shows up and she's like, no, I'm going to follow my inner knowing rather than your shoulds. So see you later. Bye. Right. She's like, my inner knowing is what's up. I know very much more what I'm supposed to be, who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing way more than your shoulds. And then she like takes her fingers and like flicks that monster away. And she's like, I don't even have time for you. Okay. I like that one. (laughs) I feel like I am the witch of intuition. So I'm just kind of like really excited about that right now. The opposite of that self-doubt monster is the witch of trust. She is like, um, absolutely not. I know that I can do really anything that I need to do. And oh my gosh, you guys, God, if I could give everybody one gift in this life, it would be self-trust. Because self-trust kind of lets us access that intuition, which... The witch of self-trust is like, she knows that she's got it. She is like, no, I can do hard things. I've done so many hard things in my life. I have been there next to myself through every hard thing that's ever happened, and I've gotten myself through it. So thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go ahead and trust myself rather than listen to you telling me that I can't do something when I know that I can figure out basically anything. And if I don't know how to do something, I know how to ask for help. That's that witch of self-trust. She's awesome. For those that double-headed monster of success and failure, there is one witch. She only needs one head. (laughs) And she says, um, she's the witch of good enough. Because good enough gets shit done. Done, you guys. 
Good enough is like the secret answer to everything. Good enough, by the way, is the witch that goes with success and failure and perfectionism. Because good enough says there's no such thing as failure. I did a good job. Good enough says there's no such thing as success. I'm in my journey. Like she's kind of, I guess, in the gray zone. She's kind of really embodying living in the in-between because she's sick of these binaries. The witch of good enough is like F that noise. You know, Leonardo da Vinci. Oh my God. So Leonardo da Vinci is like my favorite historical character or like not character, but my favorite historical figure. And I know I go on tangents a lot. So just like buckle up because here's one. Leonardo da Vinci, first of all, flamingly gay in like the 1200s, number one like inspiration point right there because he didn't even try to hide it. He didn't care. He was like, nope, I'm just going to be me. Let's have an orgy party. Let me invite this pretty boy over. Like he had an affinity for lots of like pretty boys. And I mean, a part of me understands that, but like translate that like into like my own preferred experience which is not really pretty boys. I'm in like a tangent within a tangent at this point. Anyway, Leonardo da Vinci, also not monotheistic, not a Christian, didn't buy into it at all. And yet he had to work within a capitalistic like infrastructure because they didn't, they weren't operating under capitalism at that time. I won't go down that tangent, but he had to operate within a capitalistic like infrastructure. So he had to kind of like sell his talent for like his livelihood. And a bunch of us are familiar with that energy. But so Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, no, Leonardo, have I been saying Leonardo DiCaprio and I've just been meeting Leonardo da Vinci? Either way, I like both of them, so it's fine. Although I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio is flamingly gay, and I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, but Leonardo da Vinci was definitely gay and definitely not a Christian. Da Vinci was like, well, whatever. I mean, these people are willing to pay me. So I'll just go ahead and do a bunch of their Jesus paintings because I really need like to eat and I really want to like live my best life. And so he would paint these Jesus paintings. But yo, he would put secret like pagan symbols in them. He would like put secret patterns and messages that were anti-Christian in them. He's the best. Also, so effing smart. He was good at art. He was good at science. He was good at anatomy. He was good at math. He was good at inventing. He was good at engineering. He was good at like thinking really deep philosophical thoughts. He was so cool writing his journals in his backwards mirror writing. If that's not some type of witch, please tell me what is because seriously, I mean, he has all the markers of being a witch, keeping a grimoire with him, writing cryptic things all the time, thinking all his deep thoughts, gay as hell, doing whatever the F he damn well pleased, putting secret symbols and things, which, 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 which. I love Leonardo da Vinci. Um, Anyway, the reason I bring him up is because he felt like he had never finished anything he ever did. Like he was very much like, oh, I hate all my work, right? Like the way that like many artists get where he was just very like, none of this is good. It's all trash or whatever. None of it speaks to my soul. None of it is even finished. And here he is thinking none of his work was even finished to the degree that he wanted it to be finished. None of it was good enough for him. But guess what? 
He's like one of the most world famous people to have ever lived because of his art, which by the way, wasn't even his number one most favorite thing about himself. It was like his inventions, but he's still so freaking famous because he did such a great job. He's out here painting masterpieces and he's also like, "Mm, it's not good enough. Okay. Good enough gets things done. He was like, all right, I'll paint your painting. I'm not going to finish it, though, because I'm never going to finish anything because it's never going to live up to my standards. But look at how his like not finished is so amazing. If he hadn't let himself make things be good enough, if he hadn't let himself be like, all right, I'm just going to do it till I can be done. He w- we wouldn't have all of these amazing things, even all his stuff that was like half done is like mind-blowingly incredible. Good enough makes things happen. So good enough is that witch that comes in and fights off the monsters of success and failure and the monster of perfection. Because quite honestly, good enough is how we are going to achieve everything we want in our lives. It's a values assessment ultimately. Like you have to just get everything done. And then if you want something to be better, go back and fix it later. But let's get all the things done that you want to have be done. Good enough writes entire novels. Did you know that? I have several friends who are um, professional like authors, like well-known, like award-winning authors. One of my closest friends actually is a very famous writer and he has taught me just write the thing and fix it later. Writing is editing. Writing is going back and fixing it later. Writing is getting it out of your body, out of your mind, onto a page and then shaping it into whatever you want it to be. We're apparently having an art history lesson right now because another thing that's coming to my mind is some other Renaissance era type person. Um, I think it's Michelangelo who did the sculpting. Either way, one of them was like, when I'm sculpting something, I look at the rock and I ask it to tell me what's in there. And then I just bring it out. I'm not creating it. It's telling me what being is living in there. And then I bring it forth. That to me sounds like that witch called intuition. And that to me sounds like that witch called self-trust. And that to me sounds like that witch called good enough. And to that last monster who was called, what was her, what was his name? Comparison. I already mentioned that the witch that counteracts that monster, his name is, Gratitude. That witch is called gratitude. And that witch of gratitude says, I don't care what somebody else has happening. Look at all the things that I have happening. That witch called gratitude grounds itself in reality and in a reality that's beautiful and in a reality that is illuminated with all of what is going well. There are people in your life that are showing up for you. Even if you're focused on the ones that are hurting you or the people who have fallen out. And trust me, this is a source of pain. 
In the past couple years, I've lost certain friendships that I thought were permanent. That makes me super sad. In the past couple years, I've had people show me in my life that they aren't at all who I thought they were. That makes me sad. And I can easily fixate on the friends I don't have or the family I don't have or the things that didn't happen for me or the ways that things didn't go how they should have. Or I can look and say, but look at the people I do have. Look at who is reaching out to me today. Look at the love I am surrounded by. Look at the ways that things did go okay. And it doesn't mean that like those bad things aren't happening. It doesn't mean that I'm just pretending like they're not. I've cried my tears about it. But when I start to fixate on it, I'm just sinking deeper into this quicksand of sadness. That's not going to help anybody. There's a fine line between authentically feeling your feelings in order to release them and acknowledge them and then just getting into that gross trash like cycle of everything's terrible and I hate my life. If you find yourself transitioning into that cycle, it's time for you to call upon the witch of gratitude and ask him to bless you with the perspective of everything that you do have as well. It's both. Yes, I lost those friends. And yes, I have other friends that are lovely to me. When you find your life being ruled by these monsters, I want you to say, I am experiencing fear. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not doing a good job. Fear of not being able to handle something. Fear of not being what I should be. Fear of disappointing someone else. I think disappointment's a whole other monster because disappointment kind of is like projected onto others. I don't want to disappoint my father. I don't want to disappoint my partner. I don't want to disappoint myself. I don't want to disappoint my mother, my grandmother. The witch that goes against disappointment I think is self-love because when we are afraid of disappointing others, we are choosing to try and strive for their approval more than we are choosing to love ourselves enough to give ourselves that approval and to invite them in to loving us how we actually are. The witch of self-love comes up to that monster called disappointment and she goes, you can't ever be a disappointment when you're being your true self. You just can't. It's actually just not even possible. And if someone looks at your true self and they feel some type of way about it, that's their work to do. That's on them. That's not your work to do. There's no such thing as disappointing someone else. There's someone else having to do their own self-work because they're stuck in judgment. And that's it. If someone's disappointed in something, that is on them. Just like how no one else can ruin your day. If your day is ruined, you ruined your day. Okay? If someone's disappointed in you, Because you're being your truest self, that's their thing to work out. 
And this isn't me saying like we can never do bad things or we should never have remorse or we should never have regret or we should never feel bad for who we are. No, of course. Like, of course, there's things we've done that we want to make amends for. That's fine. That's honest. I'm talking about the times when you're just like harming yourself and you don't deserve it. And discernment around that is important too. Call upon the witch of self-love to help you discern the difference between you being needlessly hard on yourself versus you being authentically honest. Because sometimes if we're really hard on ourselves, we mistake honesty for an excuse to be mean to ourselves. So have that talk with yourself too. Say to yourself, yeah, I can be accountable, but also... Maybe I can be gentle with myself and forgiving towards myself and understand that I'm a person and I'm doing the best I can. That sounds like the witch of self-love to me. So allow this to be your guide today on how to deal with monsters. Because as a witch, if you are walking through a house and that house has ghosts that someone wants you to eradicate or if there's bad energy on something you know how to cleanse it you know the antidote you know to say okay if this thing has bad energy i'm gonna sit sit it in some salt like a bowl of salt or you know to say i'm gonna use sacred smoke sacred herbs to cleanse the energy i'm gonna ring these bells and raise the vibration of the energy I'm going to spray Florida water around and change the essence of everything that it touches. I'm going to take a sacred bath and cleanse the energy and let all of the negativity wash away. As a witch, you know how to eradicate or neutralize bad energy in a space. Or you can walk through a home and you can say, ghosts, be gone, get out, because I said so. I want to invite you to walk through the rooms of your own self, of your own life, of your own heart, of your own mind, and shift that energy. Eradicate those negative thoughts, those negative beliefs. Cast those monsters out because they don't belong there. And you are the witch and you are in charge. So what you say goes. I hope you each have a very beautiful rest of your day. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week, month, year, life. I'm sending you many blessings and lots of joy. And I ask that you reach out to me if you have any thoughts or questions or comments. The biggest gift you can pay to me is to share my podcast or my work with others. Um, I don't advertise, so that's the best way for me to reach new people is just through word of mouth. And I love hearing from you. So please hit me up and find me over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com or on Instagram, moonstone underscore witchery or in that Facebook group I keep mentioning, moonstone witchery there too. I'd love to hear from you all. Love and blessings and lots of light.